Well, here we are. Only this time, I am not alone. I've got a guest and I cannot wait for you to meet them. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Market Your Biz Better podcast. I am Deb Laflamme, and I am so excited with who is with me today. Let me just say her name once again, Alice Sheridan. Hello, Alice. Hi, Deb. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, if people are wondering what I'm talking about, we actually have already recorded this episode, and unfortunately, the tech gods were not on our side. And we are re-recording, but I, I actually believe, and I think you do too, that we were meant to re-record this conversation. Oh yeah, I think this time is gonna be crazier and more fun. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And so let me just tell my audience a little bit about why I wanted you as a guest today. And then I'm gonna ask you to share a lot more about who you are and a little bit about your biz and where we can find you online and in person. But First and foremost, I've known you, I would say, for probably a year, maybe a year and a half now. Um, and we met online, and we're going to get a little deeper into that. But what I've loved about you is, although you are not, quote unquote, in marketing sphere, you are hungry to be the best marketer you could possibly be. And when people hear what your business is, I think they'll be surprised, but also very impressed with your ability to take on lots of different roles in your business and become what I like to call the inspired marketer, but also become someone who stands alone and really represents her business and her brand like really no other person I've ever met online. So what I love is your curiosity. I love your creativity and I love your ability. You really ask amazing questions and I welcome you in my world all the time because you're not afraid to ask questions. You're not afraid to say, hey, listen, this is not what I was trained to do. I want to find the best way for me to do X, Y, and Z, or um, however you call it over there. But we, I want to make sure that everyone knows that like, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to not be an expert in everything. And I love that you inspire other people by asking your questions when it comes to ways to market your biz better. So with that said, I'd like to introduce you, Alice Sheridan. Tell us a little bit about you and your business. Wow, thank you. That was amazing. Um, I think what was interesting about that is you feel like it's been um, maybe a year that we've, I'm pretty sure it's longer, but oh this goodness. sense that things, you know, things online, time scales kind of shift and change. Mm. And, and I think it's been a lot longer than that. But um, I am, I'm a painter, I'm an abstract artist. So I kind of, I, I wasn't online at all, really. I was um, working on my own in my studio and I got dragged kicking and screaming into Facebook, um, <laughs> I think about five years ago. Um, because I was doing an online 30-day challenge thing and part of the communication when that finished was in in a Facebook group and I was like oh I don't like this I don't want to do this <laughs> and so I had to set up a Facebook account and it's for me and that's that's really where it started I started to really love those group interactions and then I set up a page and I thought I have no idea what am I going to post on this page but I'd already got the, I'd got the bug at that point that, that there was this whole other world out there. And mm. it's just amazing how many people you can get connected to 
and um, it's not false. You know, I think before I had this idea that it was a kind of fake space that online was um, not, I don't know, not real people. I don't know who I thought it was, but not real people. Yeah. Um, and actually what I've learned is that some of the connections that you make are incredible and they totally translate back into what I tend to call real world events. <laughs> yeah. I think that's um, effort, right? It comes back to effort and authenticity. And I, I totally agree with you. Believe it or not, I also came on Facebook kicking and screaming. <laughs> I, uh, I was ru running a local business online and um, it was very hyper-focused on a specific uh, demographic and area. And I was hiding behind that brand, kind of ironic, right? With, with Facebook and Facebook didn't even have pages yet. And then <laughs> decide to give us pages as small business owners. And I was like, wait, I could do this. And I actually waited almost, I'd say 10 to 12 months before I even had a personal profile. I was just afraid, like, why do I need to be on there as a person? Can I just do it as a business? So it's funny because I, I totally get that feeling, but now that the gates have opened and I believe both of us have been able to really grow our, um, our following are endeared like people who love us. I mean, I love you. I love watching you online. And I know that I'm not alone in that. Can we go a little bit deeper in how you have built your audience and built your following using the internet? Yeah, sure. So when I, when I very first started with Facebook, I think I bought the first hundred followers because I'm really impatient. And it is the only time that I have done anything like that. I didn't do it at all on Instagram because yep. I, by the time I moved on to Instagram, I think I was just more comfortable. Actually, I wasn't even thinking about other people when I moved into Instagram, but Facebook, I think I, it felt like I was starting it as a businessy thing mm -hmm. and that it would look really weird as a businessy thing. If there was this page and there were only four people liking it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I didn't know any better, basically. So I did start by um, paying for page likes until it got to about 100. And 100 for me felt really big. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was happy with 100. <laughs> that felt like something I could um, stand behind and feel like, you know, here was a proper businessy Facebook page. Um, and I think like everybody, when I started, I didn't really know. I, I, do you know, I've never done it because the time feed is so long, wouldn't it? Can you search back and see what your first posts were? Wouldn't that be really fun to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. You can. Um, it's by year. So you can actually search by the year. So you can go oh, all the beginning. I think it would probably really make me cringe. <laughs> um, but I basically just started using it, I think, as as a record but I mean the thing with Facebook is there are so many different options and they're adding it and changing to it all the time um, and I think now of what I do on Facebook where we do lives and you can create events and I don't think any of that was available back then so it was just no. it was just like you just put a post and it was almost like keeping an online diary I suppose a little bit. Right. And so you, you know, from someone who's an artist who creates very much in, in real time and in real life, how was it for you? So I, I'm assuming that when you joined that first challenge, it was fellow artists. Is that right? No, it was people who wanted to get started with um, any kind of business idea. Oh, okay. So, but it was business owners, primarily business owners. 
and potentially not uh, your your dream client, right? So what I what I'm trying to get to is when were you able? When were you most comfortable making that shift of starting a business online? Because that's I mean you had a business, but you were starting where you were coming up with a business and you were starting it online. I get I guess that the challenge this the communication was on Facebook, but when, when did you feel most comfortable? At what point were you like, oh, this is why I need to use the internet to reach more people? When did I realize? I think it was a long, slow burn. And I think when I first started, I felt like it had to be um, one kind of face that I put on. Yeah. And um, like it had to be a professional proper face. And I suspect that the that the early Facebook posts were like um, quite, quite basic. They were probably like, here's a finished painting. Right. Contact me. You know, they weren't very interesting. And I think what's happened over time, and I can't think if there was a particular point where this pivoted, was that I just realized that it was going to be impossible to, firstly impossible and also no fun, to keep up what felt like almost a pretense. And there was probably something like a post. I know what it is. I know what it is. It was uh, when Periscope happened. Mm. Uh, I think when Periscope happened, and that was this, I don't even know if it still exists, this uh, live streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that made me really kind of relax because they totally disappeared. So you could do a long live stream and it would disappear after 24 hours. And the fact that there was going to be no long lasting digital footprint of this, this wasn't going to stay around and nobody was going to be able to go back and look at it. It made me relax into the fact that I could just have a go and experiment with something a bit more, which of course is, it's almost what I'm doing every day in the studio. But I think if, if you're asking me, was there a, where was there a pivot for how I use social media? I suspect it came down to, and Periscope. And then of course that has translated now into Facebook lives. But in terms of where did I realize it started to make a difference for my business? It would be when people started coming to art fairs and they already <laughs> were talking to me like they know me. Ah, uh, so this is where I was going. Okay. So yeah. you began to build relationships with people online far beyond here's my finished painting. Yeah. Far beyond. Right. So people could hear your voice right? On Periscope, they got to hear you. They got to see your location. So anybody in the world can say, here's a finished painting. Here's the link to buy it. Or here's a finished painting. Here's my phone number to contact me. But when you start showing up with your voice, and I mean your voice as in who you are, what you believe in, what you've created, why you've created, showing me behind the scenes, walking me through the park as you walk your dog, taking me on holiday. That's what Periscope and all of these live streaming apps, even Instagram stories and Facebook lives. This is what it, this is the game changer for those of us that wanted to reach more people and really market our businesses online. And so that's what set you apart and continues to set you apart and everyone else who's listening from everyone else who has the same quote unquote title as you. So all the abstract painters in the world are still different from Alice Sheridan, not just because of her technique on the canvas or on um, when she's doing her sketchbook or she's creating, but her voice is different. Her message is different. The way she connects with people is very different. So I love that you brought that up because 
that was the change for you was that it was very um, one dimensional when you're saying, here's a finished painting. You know, you probably weren't saying much about it. You weren't talking mm -hmm. about the creative process. You were basically putting it up on the wall in the gallery, but it was an online gallery because it was Facebook. Here's the yeah. painting, here's the link or right. And then you, you changed a little because you started talking to people. You started creating conversations with people. Even if it was on Periscope and it was disappearing, you were still giving people a chance to talk back. Because I know you've heard me say this before, social media is in fact a two-way street. We don't wanna just hear people saying what they have to offer. They wanna, we want people to ask us questions. We wanna give opinions. We wanna share what we think and what we feel. And we want to get to know you better. And I would say that, that that's the epitome of your relationship with marketing is that you like to get to know your followers. You want them to give you feedback. Is that right? Yeah. And I, I think the other thing that um, this is, this is the other thing that I kind of uh, struggle with a little bit now where you and I've had um, interesting conversations is um, the fact that, um, you know, what we're doing in all these realms very often the results that we get from it aren't immediately obvious and you know they're not immediately trackable and they they can take time to come and mm -hmm. i think that there is an awful lot particularly on the kind of online and marketing world about you know numbers and statistics and this leads into this and you know that leads down to two percent of people who do this and you know that can be quite overwhelming and you know, quite fascinating too. But um, I think trying to let go of that and also realize that, you know, sometimes it happens that way around that people have followed you and then they come in and they, they see the work and they're interested. And sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes they, they know nothing about you and they haven't met you online before and they've seen you in real life at, a, at an event or something. And they go back and then they check who you are online. And that gives you a whole other kind of layer of um, um, proof and evidence and back history about what you do, which is quite interesting for people to discover. So it's the kind of, people can come at it from both ways. Um, and I think that's interesting for me. And it's really kind of taught me that um, trying not to get this is trying not to get too hung up about having a system about it and doing things that feel right and that I really enjoy you know is yeah. really a kind of huge huge breakthrough and it's probably not the proper way to do it is it no I you know it's funny that you're saying this because two things I want to I want to remark on is um social media is a long game like you yeah. said people could be following you for years before they ever connect or comment or even send you an email. They could, they could have been on your email list for years and then all of a sudden you say something. Maybe, maybe you're changing the way you speak to your dream client and you hit the nail on the head and it makes them want to hit reply. Or the timing is just right for them. Yes. I mean, I think, you know, that again, I think there are, you know, like we have introverts and extroverts. I think there are yep. different kinds of people who interact with social media in different ways. And yep. some people, it is about the conversation and they like to be chatty and they like to be quite visible and involved. And other people, they're just there quietly opening your emails. You right. never hear That's from the them. They never reply. They never. Right. Uh, and and then, they show up and buy something right away when they see you. In yeah. Yes, yeah. and, and you know different people work with this in so many different ways and 
you can drive yourself insane trying to figure it out. So um, I think kind of realizing that just different people buy in different ways and they interact in different ways and they have all sorts of different reasons for making the decisions that they do when they do. And to let go of that a little bit more and find the bits about it that you really enjoy. That's, that's what's going to keep you coming back and having fun with it, I think. Right. And I think that the, the last piece of that one is the, that it's a long game, but also pay attention to how your ideal client, your dream client, your number one art collector likes to receive information from you because even if you have a dream client avatar, we'll call it, you know, you have that person that is the, the, the people you're speaking to. And, and you might have more than one because you have gallery owners and you have um, people that want custom and you have people that want to buy something that you already have created months ago. You have all these different people within that dream client um, bubble, but each of them have a different way of receiving information from you. And responding to you will be different as well. There'll be somewhat, so the, where I'm going is you're absolutely right about all these systems, having them in place is supposed to make things easier for you as business owner and myself included. But oftentimes your dream client isn't going to follow that flow or that process and throw you off. So it's okay to have a system, but you've got to be flexible. And I know Alice, you're like the queen of flexible and because you're a creative and because you're always moving, like, I mean, your brain is always moving. You're always thinking of better ways to do X, Y, or Z. Getting into a very rigid process to market, I think would be detrimental for you because you would lose the ability to be creative in conversation. And so when I say that, does that feel good or bad? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of think that having, um, you know, having some frameworks, um, you know, really helps. So, you know, I, I know because I've seen which type of posts tend to do better for me in terms of engagement. Mm -hmm. Um, but equally you just always get odd kind of things thrown into the mix. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be, you know, very quick or very short or somebody, and I can see that somebody has followed me on Instagram and then three days later, I've got an email inviting me to do something. And, you know, so it doesn't always have to be this great long thing. Um, Sometimes it can be, sometimes it can be very quick. You know, if you find something, it's like when your impulse, you know, if you're impulse shopping, you know, if you find something and you like it, you know, straight away whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be um, a great long thing. And so I think just knowing and understanding that there can be so much variety and that I can't possibly plan for all of that. I'm just going to mm. do it the way that, that, that comes easily, but a little, a little bit more um, framework and planning would yeah. probably save me a bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to play a little, little question game with you that I play with okay. all my, my, my guess, um, and I'm, one, I'm curious to see if you say the same thing that we did last time. You maybe not, not don't even remember, but I don't remember. No. <laughs> when I say marketing, you say I'm going to say um, learning this time. Ah, see, so different from what you said. We're not even going to talk about what you said before, but go ahead. Tell me a little bit more about learning. And I know it probably, I prompted that with my introduction of you today. No, I actually wrote, that was one of the questions that I could remember off the top of my head. <laughs> so I actually wrote that down while the kettle was boiling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, learning because I think, bef- you know, it's a two-way thing. 
Um, And um, you mentioned actually in your introduction, you know, about this kind of inquisitiveness. And that is certainly true. I think, you know, there is always more to learn. Um, And, you know, it's much like being a painter, really. You know, I'm never going to get to the end of making a perfect painting. That Mm -hmm. just doesn't exist. Um, And there is no perfect marketing. It doesn't exist. But yeah. To, to test and to you know play with things and to learn what's new and what feels right for you um and not to be scared of trying new things yeah. um i think there's a danger in getting too comfortable when you know something really well um whether it's whether it's things that you do marketing wise or conversations that you have with people that you know tend to you know that's what people like to hear if they're wanting to feel more comfortable about buying something you know I don't ever like that feeling of getting settled into a rut. Yeah. So um, to be always learning and trying something new is, is definitely something that I apply to marketing. And it's, of course, it's the other way. I think, you know, marketing as a phrase feels heavy, but if you think about it, of people just learning about you and what you do, yeah, that's okay. Well, right. So, and my, ne- my next like question that. to you was going to be, where do you get your best inspiration from? Like, Every time you sit to create or you're sketching something out, and I've seen your process on Instagram, you're really amazing at showing your viewers like the behind the scenes, but where do you get your best like energy from, your best ideas from? Share a little bit with, with that. For, for sharing on social media? Ideas. Yeah, well, I feel like everything that you do ends up being something beautiful, whether it's, you know, uh, um, an email campaign or a social post or Instagram story, which eventually leads to these beautiful pieces of artwork. So when you're creating, whether it's for marketing or for your product, I mean, you sell a product and, you know, you, you have all these communities that you're a part of, where do you get your inspiration from? So when you say everything's beautiful, you obviously didn't see the Instagram story the other day where I showed you my complete messy tip of the studio. Um, I like it. Exactly. And I think having that flip side, I really like, but um, the, I suppose the inspiration always just comes from whatever I'm doing in the work itself. Okay. So um, um, So your work actually inspires you like your process of, of creating is what inspires you. Totally. So it could be, but you know, you know, if, if, if I'm, when I'm doing the work, whatever it is, whether it is that, you know, the beginning stages or um, something that's not working or something that I'm really happy with or something that's a bit behind the scenes, like it could even be just, you know, what materials I use to prepare the canvases or the panels or, you know, sometimes it's things that are out of the house. So if I go and I visit um, my framer, um, you know, I might show people a little bit of that so that it all just kind of builds up the whole picture of everything that goes on. And yeah. that's, that's the easiest way. That's why I don't really plan it. I just do it, I suppose, a bit more like reportage The only thing that I would probably have a little bit of planning about is if there are fixed events in the diary. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I tend, you know, I don't usually kind of think, oh, here's an event, so I need to tell people about that eight times at these intervals it's it's more just like oh that's something that's coming up so i'm i'm going to talk about that at some point yeah Um, and i just do it as the whim takes me so i think that for you like identifying exactly what that is is hard because you are 
constantly in the flow of, or at least most of the time. I know sometimes you have some down times where you're not painting and not creating, but uh-huh. when like you, separating what it is that fills you up might be hard because you're probably in that, that flow of creation all the time. Yeah, and I, I, just, I just think that if, if, um, if I'm posting, if I'm posting and I'm not feeling good about it, then I mm-hmm. just think it's the wrong energy to be yeah. putting into it. Yes. And, um, there have been some times perhaps where I've scheduled posts in advance or something and then I've forgotten that I've done it and it's like popped up on my own Facebook feed mm-hmm. <laughs> that I've scheduled it. And it's mm-hmm. felt a little bit out of kilter because. It and so what do you sense. do? Do you delete it? No, no, I don't delete it, but it hasn't made, it hasn't encouraged me into scheduling more because yeah. it doesn't feel then like it's part of the natural flow of the story. And are you ever surprised from engagement or feedback on a post that made you feel like it was misplaced in your, in your, like, in your strategy and and then people are like liking it you're like huh have you ever had that moment where you're like wow they like that that's surprising i've certainly had posts that i've kind of put them out there and sort of held my breath and thought not sure how that's gonna go (laughs) and um, you know those have been uh, ones that people have got very involved in and and sometimes the opposite happens you think right this is going to be really interesting and and nobody's really interested and then of course you don't really know you don't really know you posted it at the wrong time of day or nobody saw it I mean I find those things that tell you what is the right time of day to post they always make me laugh because it basically says post when people are awake not not at 3 a.m when they're asleep you know how I feel about those too I do because yeah they don't know your customer they don't know your client they don't even know your time zone like yeah and, and oftentimes the frequency makes me laugh too, because there are brands that can get away with two, three posts a day, while there are other brands that really only need to show up on Facebook three times a week, as long as their content's great. So I love, I love that you brought that up too. All right. So what marketing strategy, no, actually change that. What marketing platform has been a game changer for you? Which if you could only use one social media platform, to market your biz tell me which one it would be and why this is really hard because the one that i love most is instagram yeah the one that brings most traffic to my website is pinterest Uh, yes yes and the one that has most variety and i think therefore is probably better for marketing on is facebook yeah would you say, have you sold paintings through all three of those platforms? Like at some point, maybe not directly, but has someone come to you through those platforms and has actually purchased from you? Um, not directly, I think, from Pinterest, but I think Pinterest brings traffic and then if people sign up to a mailing list. Yeah. Um, I think that's how people come in through Pinterest. I'm not sure... I, I, again, I probably haven't got my tracking properly set up and integrated yeah. to, you know, to see if Pinterest has actually brought direct sales. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly the, uh, both of Facebook and Instagram, I've had um, buyers who have got to know me through those and then, then bought absolutely. Yeah. See the, the key that you just said is they've gotten to know you through those platforms. I love yeah. that's, 
piece here that's really important for everybody to hear is that if we go back to uh, the beginning of the recording, Alice talked about like her first post potentially just being like, buy my, you know, here's my fin finished painting, go ahead and buy it. And she's evolved and set herself apart from all other painters, abstract and other, and in more of a get to know me better, get to know my process better, get to know my style better. And in turn, over time, because it's a long game, she gets, people get to know her, they get to trust her, and then they can go ahead and visit her website when she puts the link there, which, you know, she doesn't do it over, she doesn't overdo it. I mean, you're very good about knowing when you last dropped your link in for your website, but you use it when you need to. And the more you put it in front of people, it's kind of like fish bait. You, you put your link in front of them enough times that when they're ready and when they hear you loud and clear, they click through and head over to your, web, your website and spend a significant amount of time looking around. Yeah, I mean, there are some, there are some artists on Instagram and, um, you know, and they, they are really, you know, they've really rocketed, um, I think, you know, their sales and their whole marketing approach. Um, but I think ultimately it's about finding something that feels comfortable for you. I mean, anything, the thing with this is anything is possible. You can pick, you know, any kind of system or outcome that you want from this and yep. work out how that fits with you and how you can make it happen. Whereas I think what's happened to me, particularly over the last year, I would say, is that I've settled down a little bit into saying, okay, I know I could do that. I could make this maybe, you know, fit this kind of um, business system funnel or really emphasize this part of my business. But what's going to feel right for me in the way that I work and actually what do I want to come from these marketing activities, if you like. Yeah. I mean, I, I never think of them as marketing activities. I always think of them. The only thing that I probably think of as a marketing activity is um, writing my monthly Emails. email. <laughs> I knew. I knew I was going to say that. I knew we were going to get there because I, I think the reason you and I um, hang around together so often is because I'm not a a very strong um, systematic funnel builder marketing coach. I am someone who helps you figure out what you need to do to get in front of your audience, to share yeah. more, to connect more. And I do really believe that you have to find what feels good for you because if it feels gross, you're not going to do it. Or if you're going to do it, you're going to do it and you're going to hate doing it and it's going to show in the end work. So yeah, I don't I'm hate bring up your emails. I, yeah. So I don't hate doing the emails. <laughs> Um, just, I really, I quite enjoy them, but they are, they turn into quite a big thing because like you say, I like them to look nice. I currently use MailChimp. I'm thinking yeah. of switching, um, yeah. but you know, they're usually quite image heavy. I have yeah. some, wings, you know, sometimes like one of the most popular ones was, you know, there was this great video of Helen Mirren talking about, um, what it felt like to stand in front of a Kandinsky painting and you yeah. know, it was terrific, but you know, that was quite a lot of work to find it and get the code and embed it and do a screenshot and make, you know, and that was only one part of that email. Right. Um, right. And, and a know, call I, to action. Like what, what do you want people to do with the information you're, yeah. you're driving them to? So part of that, I think, I mean, just a little business coaching for you here on the podcast is I think cause you're only emailing once a month, when you do it, you make sure it's super 
chock full of really good stuff, right? Yeah. Most people are like, oh, let me just send an email to my list this week and tell them what's on the website, what's new on the website, or the next week, oh, let me tell my email list what events I'm going to be at over the next three weeks, right? So it's much lighter, but for you, you, you're, you know what kind of emails you like to receive, and therefore you're making sure you're giving your list the same quality content. And I think for me, it's almost integrated, um, you know, the emails and the social media activity in the sense that the, the emails, quite a lot of my emails go to people who don't want to hear from me all, of, all the time. Right. You know, it's not an immediate kind of need, you know, hearing from me once a month feels good to them. That's absolutely yep. fine. If they want more and they're on this on social media they can come and find me over there so i don't right. need to send all those other extra emails i can right. just they can get their check-in they can get their fix you know another right. and way. i also think your your work right so if you were selling courses or inviting people to join a group or you were going to be at events frequently it would make sense to have a, an increased frequency of your email campaigns but at this time you're not doing those things in in volume and I know we've talked a lot about segmentation, right? If anyone's listening and has an email list, it is important to segment for this exact reason. Yeah. Alice might be talking to an art collector. She might be talking to someone who's just a little bit like interested in learning more about how to collect art or how to pick your art. Um, she also might be talking to gallery owners and people who set up events for artists. So it's really important that she covers what they need to hear from her in that one email if she's going to um, be sending it to her entire list. That doesn't mean that she's not sending smaller, shorter blurps of information to those little segments, but for her big list, she's promised to only send them information that one time per month. Yeah, and what I have started doing recently is I have I have started using my segments so that Good. if I've got people who came to a particular event and then this is now a year on, I will send my general email to everybody. But yep. the people who I know were there last time, they will get one that isn't image heavy. It's quicker to write. It's more personal. It was like, it, you know, we met last year and I'm going to be there again on, on this stand. And yep. just to do more of those little bits. But I think when you first start with email lists, like the whole, the fact that you can even go on and create an email and put a picture in, you know, that blew my mm -hmm. mind. <laughs> so, right. you know, and from that point of view, it's all about forming habits a little bit. Um, right. And it's hard to run before you can walk. So, you know, we always start off with learning these things and then you've got to kind of shift out of your comfort zone a little bit. So that's definitely where I am with email. Yeah, and I think you have, you've done a good, really good job of diversifying where you are. So you know, oftentimes I talk to small business owners who are just on Facebook and really need to connect more deeply with, with their dream client. And so email marketing would be, in my opinion, the easiest step, the next step, next best step for just moving beyond one platform. But you've, you've really got nice little homes on each of the platforms, plus a decent sized list. I mean, you've been, you've been at this online marketing game for a long time as far as the interwebs go. But um, I think that making sure that you've got, you've got connections, it, like I said, people like to receive information differently. A lot of people don't just want to be on Facebook. They want to get more personal in their inbox. So there are ways for every business owner to kind of find what works best 
for them without feel, having it feel gross and also what works best for the way that their dream client wants to receive information. And because you are on a variety of platforms, you're reaching the people where they want to hear from you, which is nice. Yeah, I think one thing that's really important as well with, with all of these things, whether we're talking about a list which has got, you know, hopefully, hopefully growing, you know, lots of people on it, you know, by very definition, however personal you make it, you are still sending out um, a general email. And I think yeah. the thing that, that really, um, um, again, this has probably shifted in the last nine months-ish, is um, how much is, um, how much it's important to have really personal emails. So, you know, when I meet people at fairs, when, when, if they finish, they've added their name to um, my email list. I don't just send out even a general email of all the new signups. I write individual personal emails to everybody yep. and mention specifics about the conversations that we've had and give them a link to whatever it was that they were talking about. And, you know, the same thing on social media, you know, you can send direct messages to people and give them exactly what they need at that point. And I think people really, they remember you if you do that. And it right. means that next time, next time they receive something that is more generalized, they're kind of like, Oh yeah, I remember her. And you know, she followed up, you know, that was nice. So I'll open this and see what's going on. Yeah. No, I think that personal touch is really key, especially if you feel uh, a closer connection to your audience, you're able to give them more of what they want. So <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, and it is personal. Sometimes I'm going to people's houses or they're coming here or we're talking right. about birthday presents for people or, you know, keeping things secret. We've got a couple of secret things coming up, which I is, love it. I love that. I love that. I love that. Oh, I love, I love that. Share that. Share this without sharing the secret. Share that there are secrets. I love that. Um, I mean, so the, um, the, that could be a whole YouTube series for you, Alice Sheridan. Uh, it could be there are lots of secrets so it often secrets is when people are doing things for somebody's birthday mm -hmm. um so you know we've got we've got to keep it hidden and we have it's like um mission impossible sometimes so where can i deliver it and am i taking it to your neighbors and will it fit in their car and <laughs> right and this weird this weird car pulls up and is hovering outside their home and they're like no no not today she's here it's just it's just fun you know and that's the end result of all of this you know yes the um, joy that that happens when the the recipient has your piece of art which is yeah. just amazing i can't imagine all right so because i know you and i could talk for a long time i'm gonna start wrapping us up i want to know what your top marketing piece of wisdom is what is your what is the alice sheridan piece of wisdom for marketing your business online share something with us now, I wish I could remember what I said last time, but I think we've probably spoken about that. So I think my top piece of wisdom is um, find a way that you enjoy doing it. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of covered that really, but you know, without doing that, it's always going to feel like a drag and nobody wants things in their life that feel like a drag. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually going to quote you. You said, I, I wrote it down, finding something that is comfortable with you and how you feel and make it happen. Yeah. yeah. So I think, and that's really important is there's no textbook. There's no map. There's no course or webinar that can tell you, whoever you are, how to market your biz better. You've got to feel it. You've got to love it. You want to share your message. And, and, and sometimes 
your message changes and that's okay. I mean, I know that what I've become over the last even six months is different than I was a year ago, two years ago, but it all comes together. I look back and I know Alice feels the same way. When you look back, you had to go through X, Y, and Z in order to get here. But I, when you hide, you don't evolve. Yeah, and it, it's about, you know, it goes back to that learning thing and we can, yeah. we can learn about it. You know, you can tell me, um, you could do it this way and I could go, yeah, nah, <laughs> I'm not interested <laughs> in that. You know, I, you know, I want to do it this way feels good this way doesn't feel good and it's about finding your position of confidence in that thing. yes yeah um and being comfortable with it not feeling good and finding a way that does feel good too you don't have to do it everyone else's way try things right yeah 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 relax a little about it maybe yeah that's a great yeah relax people yeah what is happening in your business now, Alice, and where can we find you online and learn more about how we can be connected to you? Okay, so you can find me. Um, my website is just my name, so it's just alicesheridan.com. And yep. um, what's happening is quite so I've got work wise, I've got a um, piece in an auction, which is going to be really good fun um, mm. to go along. So there's an ex Christie's auctioner. Um, mm -hmm. So that's going to, he's going to get through. 50 pieces of work in an hour and a half. So that's mm -hmm. just going to be a great fun evening. Um, and in, I think I just started to get, and this is where conversations lead you. I started to get lots of inquiries about how did you do this? And, you know, lots of these conversations with the other artists. So I have a Facebook, a free Facebook group that's called Art Explorers, yep. um, which you can find from my Facebook page. Um, and then I also have, um, I've just started a smaller group for other artists um, and at the moment it's kind of more like a mastermind than a group because there's not okay. a huge number of people in there but we're just really experimenting again in there there isn't um, a big kind of schedule because like we've yeah. worked out that's not really the way I do things but we're covering <laughs> we're covering the kind of main pillars um, so yeah. that's Again, that's something else that I'm just exploring and experimenting with. And, 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 and how do we find out about the, that, that mastermind for the artists? What, where do we find that? Um, so there's a page on my website. Um, so it's okay. alicesheridan.com slash artists. And that okay, gives great. you the three options of getting involved in those things. So the bigger okay. group and the smaller thing that's going to be opening up for new people again soon. Now that I've figured out some of the tech, because we yeah. love the tech hangups. <laughs> Okay, Alice, thank you so much for re-recording this podcast. I do think it went in a totally different direction, which I loved. If I could only just salvage the other footage, we would have two amazing podcasts. But promise me you'll be a guest in the future. Whatever you like. Okay. And I will see you and all of your beautiful artwork and your long walks in the park with your puppy online. Thanks, Alice. Thanks for your time. It was lovely to talk to you. Always is. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Market Your Biz Better podcast. We know there are tons of podcasts you can listen to, and I'm pretty excited you chose my mom's. If she mentions websites or links in the episode, you can find them over in the show notes. My mom always says sharing is caring, and she'd love you to share the podcast or tell a biz friend about it.